Welcome to the Salvation Army of Northwest Arkansas Soldier Circle Podcast, where we keep you up to date on all things Salvation Army. Join us for monthly recaps, upcoming plans and events, story spotlights, notable volunteers, and much more as we dive into the Soldier Circle. Hello, and welcome to our second episode of our Soldier Circle podcast here at the Salvation Army of Northwest Arkansas. In our first episode, we spoke with Captains Josh and Ashley Robinette and talked about what it means to be Salvation Army officers and got to know them a little bit. This week, we'll be talking with our Social Services Director, Kim Coyote, and learning a little bit about our Social Services program and what they have to offer. We're here with myself, Joey Jackson, Captain Josh Robinette, and Social Services Director, Kim Coyote. Kim, you want to introduce yourself? Good morning. Uh, yes, my name is Kim Coyote, and I've been with the Salvation Army now since uh, April of this year. So I'm relatively new to the bus- position, but I'm looking forward to visiting with you today. So uh, what made you get into social services? Why, why, why are you here with the Salvation Army doing this? Well, that's a journey. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about that journey. Um, I, I have uh, several degrees, my, one being in education, Um, my second one being in special education and my third being in counseling psychology. And so I've been in all of those fields, but, um, as, as it is, life is a journey. And so I started out in teaching. I taught junior high school and then I moved into opening my own business. And so I had a a coffee shop in Guthrie, Oklahoma for a few years. And, um, because I've always been interested in, uh, the arts and, and music and those are my hobbies. And so we opened up this space in the community where we could invite those artists in and those musicians in, and that was a lot of fun. Um, But then I eventually, I moved to Taos, New Mexico, and that is where I was introduced to the homeless shelter environment. And I worked in a homeless shelter for youth at uh, at that time in my life. And so when I did that, I became familiar with uh, the fundraising aspect, the case management aspect, and just working with people in all sorts of, of difficult situations. Um, so I was actually a case manager there for the transitional living program for youth ages 16 to 24. Uh, and that was very fulfilling for me. And then and from there, I moved into working with big brothers and big sisters in northern New Mexico. And that's where I gained a lot of my administrative experience. A grant writing experience and uh, just general uh, PR experience, you know, working with the public and, uh, and a board and, you know, things like that. And then uh, COVID hit and I decided to move to Arkansas because I have family here. And so that's what brought me to the Salvation Army. And I'm so glad that I found this particular organization because I think it's a really um, fulfilling and good fit for all the experiences that I was looking for in my next position. So you, you've been a little bit of everywhere. I have. Yeah. I've been a little bit of everything and a little bit of everywhere. Yeah. But I think that's really helpful when you're working in this field because you have to kind of sometimes turn on a dime. And I think that I do have a background in a lot of different areas that allows me to think, you know, in on different levels. So, yeah. So, you know, your position, you probably wear many hats. So that diverse experience really equips you to do that. Now, Taos is a pretty interesting town. I remember interviewing <laughs> you, Kim, and, and I was looking at your resume, Taos, New Mexico. So I'm from Odessa, Texas, out mm-hmm. west, mm-hmm. Uh, and familiar with some areas in New Mexico, but I wasn't familiar with Taos. So I looked it up. It was a neat town. What kind of population does Taos draw in? Was, was there a large homeless population? 
uh, in Taos when you were there, or how, how would you describe, describe well, it? Well, Taos um, is in the northern uh, New Mexico mountains, and so as you might imagine, the winters aren't that friendly in Taos, New Mexico. So I wouldn't say we have a huge homeless population because the homeless tend to go where the weather's a little bit milder, especially in the wintertime. But uh, we did have what I would call lots of travelers, people just coming through in various different circumstances, you know, just, you know, traveling the country or going from place to place or, you know, just, just, you know, all different kinds of circumstances. And so the youth that we particularly worked with or youth in difficult circumstances, mm. unaccompanied youth, uh, homeless youth, uh, youth that have suffered uh, neglect or abuse or in the foster system. And, and we pulled from um, all areas of the state as well as neighboring uh, communities as well. Mm. Um, and just really working closely with the Department of Human Services and their foster care system there. So how much different was it coming from Taos to here? No, oh, the, the homeless it was, population. It was, well, I don't know about the homeless population, but it's way different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to mention that uh, I have family here. And so that was the big draw for me to come to uh, Northwest Arkansas. And plus I visited, you know, mm -hmm. several times and I really enjoyed the area. Um, so it was my family that brought me here and uh, the area that's kept me here. Mm -hmm. um, but the difference, um, I believe, is uh, not so much, you know, really. I mean, it's people are people wherever you go. Mm -hmm. So the homeless population struggle with the same types of issues in Taos, New Mexico, as they struggle with in northwest Arkansas, having shelter, food to eat, uh, leakage to services, you know, just everything that that we deal with on a day to day basis here. Yeah. While we're individuals, the human experience is very much the same across the exactly. board. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's a, that's important, especially if you think like what's happening uh, geopolitically, what's happening in other countries, like within Afghanistan now. And you have mm -hmm. all these folks who are trying to flee the country and people are people mm -hmm. with, with the human experience. And sometimes it's good for us to get outside of our shell where we live and see another worldview and experience other cultures yes and yeah people are people yes and in Taos, new mexico there's a very there is a great variety of cultures because you have the oldest pueblo in in north america that's located in Taos, new mexico oh wow that's the Taos pueblo and then the oldest one that's continuously been inhabited. Let me rephrase that. Sure. And so that's very much um, a part of the culture there. Again, there's lots of Hispanics um, in the Taos, New Mexico area, mm -hmm. very much as, as far as the history of the old Spanish families there and the newer immigrants there. So mm -hmm. there, and then we have people come there for the art scene or the music scene or retirement. You know, a lot of people have moved to the area to retire um, so there is a real melting pot of cultures and identities in Taos, New Mexico. So I brought that with me, you know, and um, I just I just truly think that that enriched uh, my life and my um, my world viewpoint. Sure. Well, we, wow. we're for, speaking from from my perspective. We're just thrilled to have you, Kim. And Absolutely. you've hit the ground running and there's there's a <laughs> lot of things going on in the Salvation Army. So the, the diverse experience the diversity in your worldview as well, I think mm -hmm. is going to be very helpful and serve you well in the role you're in here. Mm -hmm. So, and speaking on Kim hitting the ground running, mm -hmm. she wasn't even here. I don't, I don't think a month before she had to start preparing for our client choice food pantry. And that's a 
a big deal here at the Salvation Army. We we serve a lot of people with that. So so kind of go go into the food pantry real quick. Really? How, how'd that go over? I think that went really well. I was a, a little um, nervous at first just because we had a structure based on last summer that was uh, pretty restrictive because of COVID. So it was. I think that first that first day of client choice was a little bumpy, but we smoothed out really quick, and it was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Um, so the client choice pantry is a pantry that was uh, designed for people to come in and shop. You know, most most pantries, they drive through, they get their food box, they're on their way, they get what they get. But the uh, Client Choice Pantry is different and it gives the people involved the dignity of choosing their own food and also reduces waste because they're not getting stuff they don't want or need, right? I think the, uh, the concept is very cool. And we worked with the Fayetteville Public Schools and, and the Social Services Department chose the families for us and gave us a list prior to our opening day at the beginning of the summer. And so we contacted the, the families on the list and uh, gave them instructions on what to do. And they came. Uh, we had about, I'd say, a little under 50 people on that list and different people would come every week. So not all 50 would, people would show up every week, but we'd have a, 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 well, about 25 people, I'd say, every week come. And some people would come one week, some people would skip a week, but they had that that choice and that option. And it's, again, client choice, pantry is all about choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely helped out a lot with that, with the pantry. I helped volunteer, I helped with our volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you just did amazing with it. Uh, it was so organized, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I know our volunteers loved that it was so organized. And I know that uh, the clients in, enjoyed it too. It was it just ran very smoothly, and I think it I think it went very well. So you said we had roughly a, a little bit under fifty people that we served, correct? Yes, probably a total. Yeah, you know, some and people, those are households, right? Th- those so, are households. So people is probably mm-hmm. a yes. larger number. That's is yes. true. So you know we had different size families coming, right? So some would have you know four or five kids along in their household, and others not so much. It just depends. Mm-hmm. You know we're all different. Um, so the client choice household was again designed to uh, compensate for the missed meals while the, the child was not in school, mm-hmm. and so it was designed to to serve breakfast and lunch or provide the food for those meals, you know, throughout the week of that week. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I did try to do family friendly foods while still maintaining some nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we know that kids can be drawn to pop tarts and sugary cereals, huh? Why can't they? <laughs> So uh, with with that being said, we we did have some cereals. We had canned vegetables, fruits, things like that, freezer items. What would you say was the favorite item amongst the clients? Well, I'm going to tell you the favorite item in the junk food category (laughs) was hands down the Kool-Aid jammers, and especially the tropical punch. I could not keep that on the shelf for some reason or another. They just loved that. Um, I think on the healthy side, I think the favorite was probably the meat. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was offered um, as as we got it. So it wasn't the same thing every time. But they were very appreciative of having mm-hmm. some good meat in their, uh, you know, their choice. Mm-hmm. And then the other things, you know, they were pretty, you know, pretty even, I'd say. We had things like mozzarella cheese. We had milk. We had eggs and some fresh fruits and vegetables every week. We had hot dogs and hot dog buns and chili. I tried to put things together that would make a meal mm-hmm. instead of just randomize, you mm-hmm. know. So then I had, we had canned chicken. Well, we had fresh chicken too a lot, but, you know, they could get the canned chicken and then they could have a chicken helper along with that. Um, I'd say the least popular item for some reason or another was the Campbell's soup. 
Campbell's I mean, soup. just huh. never, never I, maybe because it was summer, you it know, does. and soup's probably not the first pick throughout the summer mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we had peanut butter, we had jelly, we had bread, you know, we had all different kinds of things that they could choose in client choice pantry. So I love like what I love about mm -hmm. the pantry is the variety, mm -hmm. uh, the dignity, the choice. Uh, it's an empowerment for the, the folks who are coming in. Uh, but the other advantage I think about the client choice food pantry, particularly as relates to the summer uh, feeding program, is there are other summer feeding programs in Fayetteville. The challenge is, is that the families would have to go to those locations and get a meal every day, mm -hmm. where the client choice model here mm -hmm. was, hey, come in once a week. We provide you with enough groceries for lunch and breakfast that will last you through that week, just like you would if you were going to school, mm -hmm. which I thought was uh, a good uh, approach to uh, meeting that need and filling that gap during the summer months. Yes. Yes, I, I thought that I completely agree with you. I think the uh, food pantry did very well for that. Going along with the food pantry, let's get more into the social services side of things. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What Where we have it, where we offer it, hours, things mm -hmm. like that for, for people? Because we do offer more than just the client choice pantry during the summer. Oh, we, yes. we have food boxes mm -hmm. that we can do. Well, can you go in a little, little detail on that? Sure. And I think that I'd be, I'd be more than happy to, Joey, just because I, I think people don't really realize everything we do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to talk about that. Um, so as far on the food category, we have a total of six food distributions um, every week um, in different locations. We have two here in Fayetteville, um, Monday and Wednesday. We have two in Springdale, and I believe that's Wednesday and Friday. And then we have... Monday and Wednesday. Is it Monday and Wednesday? Yeah. Well? Okay. Yes. And then we have two in Rogers. Um, Which is Wednesday, Friday. Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> a lot of different <laughs> clashing schedules. <huh? laughs> so any, any, any time of the week, if you need food, you know, you could, you have the opportunity to go to one of those drive through food pantries and we get some good food yes. that we load into those boxes. We work with uh, um, the food pantry of Northwest Arkansas or food bank in Northwest Arkansas. And they provide us with a lot of really good food to distribute to the community. Um, so, and there's that. And so I should also mention our locations because I just did, <laughs> but we have our main offices in Fayetteville here in South Fayetteville. And then we have a social services office in Rogers. And then we have another one in Springdale. They might be a little difficult to find. So if you need to find them, just look on our website and get the actual address. Um, but I can tell you the Rogers social services is on North Dixieland Rose, so 504 North Dixieland. And in Springdale is 329 Holcomb Street. And yes, I did look at my cheat sheet because <laughs> I do not have those memorized. Um, so um, yeah, so there's choices where you can go for services. Now here in Fayetteville, we have a social worker who can see people from the community. And she's here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, because on Thursdays, she does travel to Springdale and she's in that location Thursday only. And of course, all of these services are available, please, by appointment only. Um, it's very difficult to take drop-ins. Um, so please call ahead and make an appointment if you do need services. In Rogers, we have a social um, worker that's there Monday through Friday, and she's there from nine to 
let's see where she's there from nine to four <laughs> <laughs> in Springdale. It's a little bit different. So she's there from 10 to four mm -hmm. during on that Thursday when she's there and here in Fayetteville, again, it's nine to four. Now there are some times when the social worker is not going to be available because they pitch in on lots of different things, just mm -hmm. like everybody does here at the Salvation Army. So it's always best to call ahead mm -hmm. and make that appointment. They help out with the food distributions um, and other projects, you know, on a regular basis. So they may not always be in, the, in their office right there to answer the phone, but if you will leave a message, they will get back to you. So, um, you gave a good good description of the locations, the hours. Uh, we know there's the food distributions, but what services do your caseworkers provide? Like if I was living in South Fayetteville or just anywhere in Fayetteville and, and I had a need, what kind of needs um, would the Salvation Army be able to meet? So we do have worked with several grants and several different programs that can help with utility assistance. Of course, sometimes that is seasonal. So in the wintertime, I think there's more options than in the summertime. But we work with programs like Hearts Warming Homes and Lend a Hand. And so we do have some funds available for utility assistance. Um, so like if my light was going to be cut off, I, I could call the Salvation Army and say, You could. I need some help with, with my lights. And there's, there's a possibility that you guys could help. There's a possibility that we could help. You know, we usually do have a limited amount of funding every month. And so it is typically first come, first serve. We don't have unlimited funds on any one of these programs. So again, it's always best to call ahead, make that appointment, check in, make sure you, you know what you need to bring with you whenever you come to an appointment. And then you'll be all good to go when you get here. And mm -hmm. we can just help you um, a little bit quicker. Um, we also have, Joy mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, social services food box. If you're hungry and you haven't been able to make it to any of the other pantries in uh, the city, you could come in and request a food box from our social services departments. Especially here in Fayetteville, we have a large warehouse where we keep a, a lot of food and we're able to provide a, a really nice food box mm -hmm. if you're in need that way. And then we also have some Money's available for rental assistance. We have a case manager here who works with the literally homeless population through a rapid rehousing project, uh, providing funds to get them in housing, just like the name implies, as rapidly as possible. Right. And she works very intensively with these uh, clients to make sure that they can get in and stay in, hopefully stay in. So that means working with them on potential barriers to getting in and then skills to staying in. Mm -hmm. And so she does a lot of personal work with landlords and uh, problem solving and, you know, she'll work with them on a budget, you know, all different kinds of things mm -hmm. like that. And then our homeless prevention program has some funds available. It's, it's pretty restrictive because it's a federal program, but you can always check with us to see if you qualify mm -hmm. and keeping people in their homes if they've had an eviction notice. And then we always have, good referrals right so if we can't help you we could probably point you in the right direction right that being said with with everything that we offer i think i mentioned this on our last podcast it's crazy how much the salvation army does to help people and i know one of our sayings here is we serve the most vulnerable mm -hmm. and i think that is so true with the population that we serve mm -hmm. because we we don't just help the homeless population we help the most vulnerable 
Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's amazing. And we haven't even talked about our shelters yet. Mm-hmm. You know, our, we have two homeless shelters mm-hmm. and we, we provide a lot of uh, meals, you know, to those those folks on a regular basis. Um, you know, so and we haven't we haven't spoken about our Christmas programs either. I won't go into that because I'm not the expert. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's but, a different different type of conversation. There is so much going on in the Salvation Army. I think I think most people would be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was looking at our statistics for the basically through the month of July of this year, and this is how busy. Kim, you and your staff has been, according to the stats, we have provided over 128000 almost almost $129,000 in financial assistance to individuals that live in Northwest Arkansas. And if you're interested how that breaks down, so the utility assistance that you were talking about, that makes up about 22% of the assistance that we've provided roughly about $28,000 rental assistance is the biggest. In fact, that that makes up 50% of the assistance that the Salvation Army has provided this year. And it's right at 63, almost $64,000 motel costs for whenever we went through the extreme cold weather uh, groceries, which also tied into, I think your client choice food pantry that just recently ended transportation, bus fares, prescription assistance. So really it's, it's, you know, there's a t- just a ton of things that uh, mm-hmm. you and your team is doing. And I think mm-hmm. you guys should be commended for the work you do. Yes, yes. Thank you. And we haven't even gone through all the lists yet. We haven't <laughs> mentioned, I know I can keep going on and on. Yeah. Do, how long is this podcast? <laughs> the drug and alcohol program that we have here in Fayetteville and, and Captain Robinette just mentioned the prescription assistance, there's clothing vouchers, there's, you know, all different kinds of little things that I neglected to mention. So if you are in need or you do know someone who is in need is, you know, this would be a good place to check. When I was in Hot Springs, I was stationed in Hot Springs. I got a call one day. Uh, actually, it was it was my director of social services. It's, hey, Captain, we got a weird request and I need to run this by you. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, a lady had called and it was an elderly lady and she had a flat tire. And she called mm-hmm. Salvation Army. And my first thought was, are you kidding me? Why is she calling us? I mean, you could have called roadside assistance. You could have called an, any mechanic or tire shop within mm. Hot Springs. But then it hit me so strongly. This woman was in a moment of crisis. And the first thought that occurred to her was, where can I get help? Who can help me? Mm. Ah, the Salvation Army can help me. And, and when you have such a breadth of services that you and your team's providing, you know, I think that's the message we want to get out to the community. If you need help, give us a call. If we can't meet that need, then we're going to, we have partners in this community and we're going to make a, a referral and make sure that you get at least connected to the resources that you need. So I think it's just a wonderful job you guys do. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And real quick, we're, we're running a little, a little short on time, but uh, I wanted to mention, we discussed the uh, Client Choice Food Pantry, and I wanted to go into our volunteer of the month because we had an amazing, just phenomenal volunteer for that. We had, we had a lot of volunteers for it, but we had one that just went above and beyond, and she was there every Thursday and Friday, Captain. Oh, my goodness. Every Thursday and Friday. I think she missed one time, and that was because she got sick. Wow. <laughs> so she, she was great. 
she wasn't able to be with us today, uh, but she did send in something that she wanted to mention on the podcast. So she got interested in volunteering with the Salvation Army when she was in treatment in Utah. Her beloved therapist is a soldier in the Salvation Army. He and I were working on a structure for me when I got back to Fayetteville, and he encouraged me to look at Salvation Army. We made a phone call to Northwest Arkansas, and wow, I was sold. And she said that she went in, she went in and said that she is so incredibly grateful that she found a place in the Client Choice Food Pantry. She enjoyed it very much. Obviously, she was there two days a week. She was amazing. She was. And her name's Sarah. I, I failed to mention Sarah uh, was, was with us. And she actually used to be a social worker. And she said, as a social worker, working back in a setting to engage with an underserved population was incredible. I loved being around the staff and other volunteers who supported food insecurity, and it was an amazing experience. And she also said that getting to know the clients and uh, oftentimes their children was an added bonus to the, mm. to the mix. So she, she was great. We loved having, having Sarah, and we hope to have her back here, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, listen, we can't do what we do without our volunteers. Exactly. You know, we, we often talk about how important our donors are, but our volunteers, their time, uh -huh. their service is just invaluable. And so, man, what a wonderful story. What an amazing volunteer. Yes. Thank you for sharing that story, Joey. Yes. I, I was, I was very happy that we got in contact with, with Sarah cause she was, we, we can ask him that she was, she was a hard worker. She was there. She enjoyed it. She, you could, you could tell that you can tell, you know, what volunteers really mm -hmm. have the passion for, for serving people. And she was one of those volunteers. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking with us, Kim. I think you gave us some great information, gave our listeners some great information. I know I learned some things about social services and yourself personally that I didn't know. So thank you for, for talking with us on this second episode. Well, thank you for having me, Joey. I really appreciate the chance to speak out to the community, say hello, and uh, let everyone know what we do here. Absolutely. It truly is amazing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Kim. We really appreciate it. And, and thank you guys for tuning in with, with Kim, the Director of Social Services here in Northwest Arkansas at the Salvation Army. We appreciate it. Now that we've talked with Kim and the awesome stuff that Social Services does, we wanted to talk a little bit more about our upcoming golf tournament. It is our 11th annual, which is incredible in itself, Golf for Good tournament. We still have open spots for volunteers as well as teams. If you enjoy golfing and want to get a team of four people together, you can visit nwagolfforgood.com. And I'm going to hand this over to Captain and let him tell you a little bit more about the event coming up. Yeah, so very excited. Uh, we always have a good time, great prizes uh, at our uh, Golf for Good tournament. It takes place at uh, Paradise Valley. Um, they're off of, uh, Joyce Boulevard, mm -hmm. pretty close to, I think it's old Missouri road. And, and that's Joyce here in Fayetteville. It, yeah. yeah, it's here in Fayetteville. Um, and we have a morning and an afternoon flight, but so, so we have a great time, great prizes, but even more important than that, we raise funds for critical needs that the Salvation mm -hmm. Army has. This year's NWA Golf for Good tournament is raising funds to replace all of our shelter beds and uh, some furniture in our uh, family apartments within our shelters. And so we're looking to replace around 75 beds That's great. As, from the proceeds that we raise from this uh, Golf for Good tournament.
Yes, yeah, so we want to invite uh, the Northwest Arkansas community to come out and participate, play in the golf tournament. It is on September the 10th, so we are just a few weeks away. Getting close. Uh, yeah, our, I think our goal this year was around $37,000, mm -hmm. and so far, the website, according to the website, we've raised just over $20,000, uh, but we know there'll be some teams that come in that day, uh, but come out, join us for a great day of golf. We want to thank our sponsors. We have two amazing sponsors, our uh, doing good sponsors are Bayer and Black Hive. And then uh, we have a number of uh, team sponsors that yes. will be out there as well. Our food sponsors, hey, Einstein Bagels. So like if you're in the morning flight, we've got bagels and coffee for you. And then we're so grateful for Arvest. Once again, Arvest Bank providing lunch for our participants this year as well. So come on out, Paradise Valley. The uh, golf tournament is September the 10th. Come help us raise funds and replace beds and furniture for our shelter. Yes, and like you mentioned, it is. Um, I, I haven't been here for the golf tournament because I came in the midst of COVID last year, so we didn't have it last year. But uh, I've heard that it's a great time, great fun, and it'll it'll be another great Oh, yeah, day. actually, there's, there's a really cool competition, too, I think that a lot of people will like. We call it the Red Kettle Shootout. So okay. we have this big giant red kettle that is about thirty yards from uh, from the where you would be taking your shot. So mm -hmm. it's about a thirty yard shot, and on top of the red kettle we have a swimming pool that we have painted red. <laughs> so it's like you know the little plastic swimming uh -huh. pool, but it's a swimming pool. It's painted red, spray painted red, so it matches the kettle, and it's filled with sand. So the idea is, is if okay. you can land it. <laughs> about 30 yards out inside that uh, swimming pool last year. I don't know what the prize is this year, but last year the prize, or the year before, was a $500 gift card to Golf USA. Oh, wow. So, uh, I mean, you need a new set of golf clubs. Come on out. Definitely uh, worth it. Those are, uh, it, I think it was $10 or $20 a shot. And uh, it just helps us raise additional funds and a really fun competition. And I hope it's okay with me saying I know who won last time. I remember who won. Dan Scoff won. He, really? Mean, he's the only one who sunk it right in the middle. I mean, it was, wow. a, it was an amazing shot. Uh, it doesn't look that hard when you're standing 30 yards out. And uh -huh. You're like, oh, man, I could do this. But no. It's actually kind of a tough shot, oh, but man. Uh, well, very fun. So well, come on out and join us September 10th at uh, Paradise Valley. Yeah, definitely. And like I mentioned at the beginning, we are still looking for volunteers for this. If you want to give us a call at 479-521-2151 and ask to speak with me, Joey Jackson, I'll get you set up to volunteer for that. It is a great time. I'll be there all day. Uh, we'll just be setting up some tables for breakfast and lunch and watching for hole-in-ones because I'm, I'm sure we, we need some people for that, huh? That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we wanted to touch on for the golf tournament. We look forward to it. We're excited. Like Captain mentioned, it is Friday, September 10th. So mark it on your calendars if you're, if you're wanting to participate or volunteer for that. We'd love to have you. Thank you again for listening to this month's episode of the Soldier Circle Podcast. Send us any questions or topics of discussion you might have to the contact us page at nwasalvationarmy.org.